The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody, it is Friday, June 23rd, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone is having a fantastic week, a wonderful start to the weekend. It is Friday. It's always a great thing, especially on this show. It means it's a free-for-all Friday. We could talk about the wonderful world of mixed martial arts. We could talk about whatever the hell you want. We obviously have some mixed martial arts coming up this weekend, including tonight, PFL back at it. With PFL 6, we got welterweights, we got lightweights. The main event, Olivier Aubin Mercier. Taking on Anthony Romero, a little Canada versus Canada action. Sadabu Sai versus Shane Mitchell, Shane Burgos, Yamato Nishikawa, and much more. I know last week's PFL card got a lot more buzz because Francis was going to be there and Maurice Green was fighting, so we knew John Jones was going to be there. But this card, much better than last week's card. I mean, it's not even close. It's night and day. This card is much better. Hopefully the pacing is not an absolute nightmare, but all in all, it's a, it's a pretty good looking card. Should be, should be a fun watch. Some mismatches as we typically see with the PFL during the regular season, they kind of have mapped out who they would like to win certain fights and all of that fun stuff. But We'll see how it plays out. And then tomorrow, early day MMA, UFC Jacksonville on ABC. I will be there. I'm very excited. First fight, 11.30 a.m. Eastern time, at least as of right now. It's just wonderful. Just wonderful. 3 p.m. main card start. I'll be capped off by a fun featherweight matchup between Josh Emmett and the surging Ilya Taporia, we got Amanda Hebos versus Macy Barber. Former Jaguars player Austin Lane taking on Justin Taffa. David Onama, Gabriel Santos, Brendan Allen, the MMA fighting middleweighty, 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 middleweight champion taking on Bruno Silva, his second title defense. We got Neil Magny, Phil Rowe. It's a pretty good card. Weigh-ins are over already. We did not last very long, about an hour's time. Everybody has stepped on the scale. Most 
were successful on the scale. Some were not. We had three fighters miss. Loik Radzaboff came in pretty early, 157 and a quarter. So he missed weight by one and a quarter pounds. I believe the wonderful and honorable best friend of mine, Alexander Kaylee, had an update on that fight on the MA Fighter Twitter page. Uh, fight will go forward as of right now. 20% of Radzaboff's purse goes to Matush Rebecki. We also had Jamal Emmers miss weight by a pound for his fight against Jack Jenkins. I assume that fight will be happening. The big miss of the of the weigh-ins came from Clayton Rodriguez missing weight by three pounds for his matchup with undefeated phenom Tetsuro Tyra. He weighed in at 129. I believe that is the second time Clayton has missed weight at flyweight. Let me just uh, make sure I have my facts straight. He made weight for the CJ Vergara fight at UFC 274. He missed weight by a pound for UFC 284, the fight with Shannon Ross. And now he another big weight miss. This is a big one. It'll be interesting to see how that will all play out. I assume the fight will go on, but I don't think Tetsuro Retire is taking 20%. I think we're going to be bumping that up a little bit. So there you go. Everybody else was was good to go. All the main card on weight. We have the three misses. We have an update on one of the fights as of, as we do the show live. And if anything else pops up, we will let you know. But let's get into this thing. Free for all Friday. Let's talk to you. Zach, kick us off. Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning. Uh, two quick questions for you. Uh, I got to get as a as a fellow Boston Celtics fan, I got to get your thoughts on the events of the last two days. Um, and other question, um, as we see the apex, I, I know everybody's sick of everyone complaining about the apex. I'm not the biggest fan. I don't really care one way or another. Um, but what's your dream small city? Uh, for the UFC to go to, you know, I live in Reading, Pennsylvania. We have a, an 8,000 person arena. In my opinion, that's like the perfect thing to, to get us out of the apex is to get us going to some of these small arenas that can fit, you know, obviously we're not going to sell out. They're not going to sell out something like the Prudential center with uh, Ilya Taporia and Josh Emmett, but maybe they could sell out something smaller, like less than 10,000 people. So just want to get your thoughts on those two things. Thanks. Well, I mean, part of the UFC's success is that cities and towns, whether it be in the United States or other parts of the world, they are calling the UFC and saying, hey, we will pay you all this money if you come to our city. And that's what happens when you are a successful, thriving business. And people see that they want their economy and their town to be boosted in the arenas in the area is part of that. So they will pay the UFC a bunch of money to come to the area. Uh, we've seen it with Salt Lake City, Jacksonville. Dana White has said many times, the reason this card is happening in Jacksonville is that they owe them one more because Jacksonville let them host a bunch of events once the pandemic was going on and sports were done. So this is kind of like the last piece of the puzzle in order to fulfill that deal. They've had deals with Houston, like I said, Salt Lake City, they just now we're getting it with uh, with other parts of the world. This there's a deal. Like these are deals. And if if the the Chamber of Commerce in Reading, Pennsylvania wants to pay the UFC a bunch of money to come to their town, then I think the UFC would listen to them. Other than that, probably not going to happen. I mean, if honestly, if I had my my dream small town, something that I can get to very easily, Savannah, Georgia. You could do something there. They have the they have an arena here. WWE comes here a bunch. So that'd be a pretty cool place to do it. That's probably like the only place near me that would actually make sense. So I think that just because it would be – I could do the whole fight week thing and never leave my house outside of just going to the events. Take me 25 minutes to get to and from every single day. So I would love that. As far as the Celtics, man – I don't hate it. The more I think about it, like I look, Marcus Smart has been has been great. He's been great. Works his ass off. 
pain in the ass defender, good vision on the court when he's on. When he's really on, he shoots lights out. He's got leadership. Dude, dude was really good. Like we probably got the the best of Marcus Smart during his time in Boston. And I kind of feel like this was a New England Patriots X-esque kind of move where Belichick would always know, like, oh, they just dealt Ty Law? How could you deal an all-pro player? Or they just dealt Lawyer Malloy? Why would you do that? It's because they knew. They knew that the best days are probably behind them. And I kind of feel like that's the case for Marcus Smart. I feel like he's still going to be a very solid hand. Like he's going to be a very solid hand in Memphis. I think he's going to be a, a good fit there. But I don't think he's going to be the same dude. I, I think probably a, he'll take a, a small step back in terms of numbers and contributions. Kristaps Przingis, this, this is a great fit if he can stay healthy. He had a good year. He had a good year last year. The issue with him is this: his durability is is so risky. But if he can play seven, if he can play 65, 70 games and be healthy for the playoffs, I think this is going to be a good move. I think this will end up being a pretty good move. And it sucks when you lose a guy that everybody loves guy who plays your at plays his ass off for your team. But I think the, the risk is worth it, but we need him to stay healthy. If he only plays like 15 games cause he gets hurt then it's going to be an, an awful trade. It's going to be a disaster. But if he can go out and play 50, 60 games and be healthy all throughout the playoff run, I'm in. I'm cautiously optimistic. It's kind of hard to – this is like my fanmanship to compare. This is like the PFL signing Francis Ngannou. Has potential to be great. But we need to wait and see how this all plays out before we can actually make judgments. And I kind of feel like we can't really judge this trade until the end of the 2023-2024 season. That's how I'm looking at it. I will be cautiously optimistic for now. But if he goes down in like game three and he's out for the rest of the season, then I'll be pissed. Obviously. Four Corner Sports, hello. Hey, so I, by the way, I did like that trade. I just think it's going to open up a lot of spacing for, you know, Tatum and Brown and maybe Brogdon can slide into that role of, um, of what Marcus Mark was, but he won't ever fulfill the shoes of what Celtic fans want. Um, so that's just my opinion. But I saw yesterday that um, Big Marcel and I think the Schmo um, said that Valentino Shochenko versus uh, Alexa Grasso is set to be the I guess like the headliner for Mexican Independence Day uh September 16th and that's a fight night. Um were you guys able to confirm that by any chance? And um I figured that was gonna be the the headliner. I'm just wondering when when the UFC is probably gonna announce um Raquel Pennington and Julian Pena. I have a strong feeling that you know they might end up announcing it. You know typically typical UFC I feel like they're gonna end up announcing it maybe like around the Sydney card. Just because of the fact that, you know, they might need, you know, just to bolster up the card, and which would make no sense for, for both those ladies to be a co-main event in, in Sydney, of all places. But um, last thing I wanted to talk about, so is there, what are the chances you think that Zalgas and Magulov ends up fighting tomorrow? Just because I feel like he's been in a series of bad luck. And uh, that's all I have to say. All right, thanks, Mike. First of all, don't you dare put that negative energy out here. I'm not even going to comment on this. I'm not going to jinx anything. I want to see this fight. I want to see – and I think Joshua Van is, is going to be a great addition to this division. That dude is an animal. Kind of sucks that he's taking the fight on you know, a week and a half's notice, but the dude's an animal. So it should be an interesting fight. Zalgas is, is on a tough run, but – there's some splitties in there that a lot of people thought he won. And he's fought, like, pretty good guys. Like, his level of competition has been really strong. So this will be an interesting fight. Much like the Porzingis trade, cautiously optimistic. Uh, as I've said on the show for the last couple of weeks, 
the discussions were ongoing to do Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso. Um, I actually woke up this morning around 6.30 and woke up to official confirmation. That fight's happening. September 16th. It's happening. The rematch for the women's flyweight title. Um, as of now, that is positioned to be a fight night event. I don't know if it's going to get moved to a pay-per-view or not. I, I think, honestly, it's all going to depend on what happens in the middleweight division. But still, I think they will do everything they can to make sure that's a pay-per-view. Because why would you go to Sydney and make a big deal out of this and then book Whitaker DDP and say the winner's going to fight Izzy in the fall in Sydney and then not do something with Izzy? I feel like it's such a missed opportunity if Izzy doesn't fight on that card. But if he doesn't fight on that card, what the hell's going to headline it? And that's a big question. We've been talking about this. And man, oh man, have my mentions been a mess since Tuesday. Talking about this middleweight division. Because New York Rick put it out there into the universe on Tuesday. You know what? You know what would be a good idea? Let's put Bo Nickel in the fight with Israel Adesanya. If nobody else is available, let's throw good old Bo in there. Because he's probably going to beat Trayshawn Gore and... The, it's going to generate attention. That's for damn sure. So, and then of course we talked about it again on BTL and that, yeah, that just ruined my mentions for the last 48 hours. So hold on one second. Little work thing. There we go. But yeah, the middleweight division thing is a mess. But Shevchenko Grasso two or Grasso Shevchenko two happening September sixteenth. Um, it's all but on the marquee at this point. I don't know when they're going to announce it, but I would say probably sooner rather than later. With the Penning, look, I it seems clear that Pennington Payne is the fight to make, but. Are we 100% convinced that's it? I don't know. It should be the fight. It should be the fight, but let's not forget, in like three weeks, Holly Holm is fighting Myra Bueno Silva in a five-round main event. And we know that UFC loves to give Holly Holm title shots. And she hasn't had one in a minute. In a hot minute. So I think they're going to kind of wait and see how that fight plays out before they announce anything. Because if Holly Holm goes in there and just melts Myra Bueno Silva, she goes out there and just head kicks her and finishes her in the first round, I don't think that's what's going to happen. But let's just say that she does. Let's just say she goes out there and knocks out Myra Bueno Silva in the first round. She's jumping the line. There's no doubt about it. And it'll probably do Holly Holm versus Juliana Pena. Because I don't think anybody wants to see Holly Holm, Raquel Pennington, three. I don't think anybody wants to see that. So... I would say we're going to have to wait and see. Jen Mishu blew my mind on BTL two weeks ago or last week when he mentioned, what about Ronda Rousey? Could this open things up for the UFC to reach out to Ronda Rousey and say, hey, why don't you come back and fight for the belt and just see how it goes? Let's try to right the wrong. Let's try to get the bad taste out of people's mouths. Let's try to fix the image. I know she's with WWE, but guess guess who all works together now? Guess who's all under the same umbrella? So that would just be freaking wild. That would be freaking wild. But yeah, if, if it was up to me, in a meritocratic world, we do Pennington versus Pena. I would like to see it. I would like to see the UFC do like an actual tough finale event, not just throw it in the apex. Like, just do a, you know, 2,500, 3,000-seat arena. That fight can headline. That fight can headline. I understand they just like to make two title fight pay-per-views. But is, is that fight really going to draw any extra pay-per-view buys? Not really. Is that a game changer? No. Could it get a few more ESPN Plus subscriptions for people to watch that fight? A title fight? Absolutely. Let's just do that. Looks like Grasso Shevchenko is going to be, a, as of right now, that's going to be on a, a, a fight night card. Why not? 
Let's have some fun with this. Let's go full circle with this whole thing. Let's go to Cole. Good morning, Mike. I really enjoyed your chat with John Anik the other day and was happy to hear that you both are planning to go to UFC Nashville. Um, I just have a question about just the matchmaking with Cheeto and Corey. With Corey winning that last fight between those two and seemingly him getting the tougher fight while Marlins getting Cejudo. Just kind of – am I kind of overreacting? On, I'm a big Corey fan, so I'm, I'm a little – pissed off that he has to fight this monster but I, I do believe in him but what do you make of Cheeto getting that pseudo fight and then Corey getting the tough one oh, yeah. look they're both tough fights they're both tough fights obviously the the bigger name Cheeto got Henry Cejudo is the more well known name just fought for the title all that stuff we talked about this yesterday, and this is a business move for the UFC. Now, Marlon Vera continues to tweet out, like, sign the contract, sign the contract. Um, I knew this fight was in the works a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned on this show when we were running down the 292 lineup, there could be a couple more Bantamweight fights added to the mix. One was officially announced. Actually, I think they both were. Uh, Rob Font, Song Yudong, UFC officially announced. I was told that the contract was actually signed yesterday. Uh, for that fight. So that is 100% a go. Uh, Cejudo Vera's been in the works for a little while. The plan for Cejudo was Marab. That was the plan. Uh, Marab got hurt, had to do some surgery. Cejudo was kind of hopeful maybe September, October we could maybe do that fight, but Marab probably won't be cleared to even get to full-time training till that time frame, September, October-ish. So Cejudo wanted to fight on this Boston card. So if he wasn't going to fight Marab, he wanted to fight on this Boston card. This is, I believe it's the 10 or 15 year anniversary for when he won the gold medal. So the date means a lot to him. So he wanted to compete on the card. Cheeto was kind of always the name in play once Marab was off the table. But this is a business move for the UFC. This is a business move for the UFC. Because, and it all has to do with the main event of that card. It all has to do with the title fight. Because if Sean O'Malley beats Aljamain Sterling, then the winner of Cejudo versus Vera, we have history with both of those guys with Sean O'Malley. History with both of them. So we have the back and forth and the shit talk between O'Malley and Cejudo. The biggest fight in the Bantamweight division that can be made right now is Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Vera too, especially if there's a title on the line. So they're just planting seeds. And if Aljamain Sterling wins and he'll, he's obviously going to, he said it many times, he's probably going to vacate the belt. Marab will step in and fight for the belt. If it's Cejudo, there's history there. If it's Cheeto, I mean, there's not really a lot of history with, with Cheeto and Marab. So Cheeto's probably the odd man out if Aljamain Sterling wins. But Cejudo is, is very much in play. The Sanhagen-Umar fight, man, I, I kind of feel for, for Sanhagen. He is a G. Good for him. But I wouldn't say Sanhagen's like out of the title discussion altogether. If Aljamain Sterling wins on August 19th and vacates the title, and somehow Corey Sanhagen beats Umar Namagamadoff, they will probably do Corey Sanhagen versus Marab for the vacant title. But this is all to potentially get to Sean O'Malley fighting either Cejudo or Cheeto for the title. The UFC will never openly come out and say this, but they are, hope they are hoping Sean O'Malley wins this fight. There's no doubt about it. They are hoping Sean O'Malley wins this fight so that they can do business. Because like I said... Shot up this pay-per-view is gonna do really well. Like it's not gonna do incredible numbers, but it's gonna do pretty, pretty solid numbers. And it will help if O'Malley wins, it's going to build him as an even bigger star, and he will become a pay-per-view draw. There's no doubt about it. And you throw him in there with either Cejudo for the build of that fight, or you throw him in there with Cheeto with the history those two guys have, those are massive fights. Those are massive fights. So this is a business move. 
We have to understand, folks, this is not a meritocratic world we live in. This is a how can we make the most money world that we live in. And Sean O'Malley winning the title and becoming the champion sets that up. No doubt about it. Sanhagen could be the odd man out, but doesn't mean he's out of the picture. Corey Sanhagen, if he beats Umar Namagamadoff in Nashville, he is going to be the biggest Aljamain Sterling fan on planet Earth. And before that, he's going to be the biggest Marlon Vera fan on planet Earth. He needs a lot to happen on that August 19th card if he wins. He needs Cejudo to win, and he needs Aljamain Sterling to win. And if both of those things happen, all of those things happen, he's getting a title shot. He'll fight Marab. But that's a big if. That's a lot of moving pieces. But that's why these fights are happening, in my opinion. We're going to go to Sibaram. Hello, Sibaram. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. There is no news officially from the UFC, but uh, what are your uh, assumptions that when will the match will take place? And the second one is, Mike, do you watch movies? Do I watch what? Movies. What is that? Films, uh, Mike. Pictures, movies. Oh, do I watch movies? I'm sorry. Um, sometimes. <laughs> I, don't go as, I don't go to the movies as often as I would like, but... Uh, my kid, like if my kid has a movie he wants to see, I'll go. I'll go watch it. Like we watched uh, Across the Spider Verse a couple weeks ago, and it was awesome. Loved it. Uh, but I don't go that often. I'll watch horror movie from time to time. But yeah, I, I watch. I watch as much as I can, but it's not a ton. I'm a big horror fan. But also, uh, my question about the movies is, uh, what are the movies that you are looking you are uh, looking forward to see? Uh, Oppenheimer or Barbie or both—that's it. So, I mean, honestly, after watching Across the Spider Verse, that final one with uh, that's coming out in March, apparently, can't wait for that. I—that is appointment viewing. That is appointment viewing. The only other movies that I was like, I have to mark the date. 
was the Halloween series when that was cooking. But man, do I wish I could have that time back because Halloween ends was a piece of shit. That was awful. Can't believe that I spent all that time getting excited and that movie was just the worst. Just the worst. When is Colby Leon going to happen? Jesus, your guess is as good as mine. I would say what, because everything is so up in the air right now. Like, what's going to happen with John Jones? Is this fight with Stipe going to happen? We don't know. Now there's talks about hybrid fights with Tyson Fury and all sorts of craziness. Hopefully Dana White's in Jacksonville to address some of this stuff. Because I would love to hear what he has to say. And I'll be there tomorrow. Someone mentioned uh, the previous caller about Nashville. John Anik will be in Nashville. I will actually be in Dallas for the Nate Diaz-Jake Paul fight. So, unfortunately, I will not be there. Uh, but I will be in Dallas for that fight week. So, I haven't been to Dallas in forever. So, I'm pretty excited to to head back there. I got some family there. My oldest brother lives in Dallas now. So, it'll be good to connect with him. I got uh, one of my favorite cousins lives in Dallas. So, it'll be good to, to get back there. If John Steep, let's just say that the schedule all plays out. Let's take all the, the negative negativity out of the way. Let's just live in a, in a positive world where Conor McGregor is going to fight Michael Chandler in December. I'm, let's just go ahead and bookmark that. Not confident in it, but let's just go ahead and bookmark it. And let's just say Stipe, John Jones happens in November. The plan comes together. John Jones versus Stipe, main event Madison Square Garden. My hunch is the co-main event will be Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. Whatever fight, whatever fight, but if John Jones, Stipe can't get put together or the Connor fight doesn't get put together, Leon and Colby will headline either November or December. That's my guess. But that fight ain't happening until the end of the year. Because, I mean, look, Abu Dhabi makes no sense to do that fight. Sydney makes no sense to do that fight. MSG makes sense. Vegas makes sense. So I would say it's one of those two. But who the hell knows at this point with everything going on? Yes, sir. Hey, heck of a morning. I just wanted to chime in on the whole Bantamweight situation we got going on. It seems clear that the UFC have a obvious bias to who they want to move forward, whether they want them to fight for a title or whether they want them to take a step closer to fighting for that title. Uh, it's just a question about Corey Sanhagen's uh, chances of fighting for the belt or coming closer to fighting for the belt soon. What is the perfect situation for him to, you know, possibly fight for the belt next? Is it uh, Aljamain Sterling winning uh, against Sean O'Malley? And then I guess Cheeto Vera losing to Henry Cejudo, who I think he's matched up with. Uh, how would you, what do you think is next as far as like the situation for Corey Sanhagen to get closer to the belt? Sorry, Mike, I got tongue twisted, but uh, yeah, that's my question. All good. I think you were, you were very close. At least in my opinion, you were very, very close. First of all, Corey Sanhagen has to be to Amar Magomedov, and that is not going to be an easy feat. If he does, then yes, Aljamain Sterling winning and vacating the title will be very helpful. I honestly think Cheeto Vera ha- Cheeto Vera winning is actually more impactful for Corey Sanhagen because Corey already has a win over Cheeto Cheeto Vera. It was it was not a close fight. It was a dominant win. And if Cheeto beats Cejudo, that's two losses in a row for Cejudo. He's out of the title picture for the foreseeable future. Then we could do Corey Sanhagen versus Marab Dwalish Willie for the vacant title. That was the fight that everybody kind of wanted to see anyways. After Corey Sanhagen beat Cheeto Vera, he called out Marab. I'm like, holy cow. Like, that is a perfect call out. Made all the sense in the world. There were talks about Marab possibly fighting Umar, but that didn't come together from what I understand. And there's just all this talk. Like, at least they're, like, they're trying to push Umar. They're trying. And like I said, kudos to Sanhagen for taking this fight. But – Corey needs a lot to happen. He needs to win. He needs Cheeto Vera to win. And he needs Aljamain Sterling to win. And not only that, he needs Aljamain Sterling to say, I'm done. I'm moving up to 45. I'm going to try to make history. I'm going to try to become a two-division champ. I want new challenges. My boy Marab is is ready to go. 
give him his title shot. You do Marab versus Corey Sanhagen for the vacant title. But if any other thing happens, Sanhagen is out of the picture. He's out of the picture. He might end up fighting Marab anyways. But again, this is not a meritocracy we're living in. We do not live in a meritocratic world in the UFC. If you want to live in a meritocratic world, you watch PFL, you watch Bellator. If you want to watch business, a promotion that just wants to make the most amount of money, whether it makes sense or not, you watch the UFC. So it's it's murky, man. It's murky. And Sanhagen, Sanhagen needs a lot to fall in place for him to get to to get to that title fight. But we shall see. Bantamweight's a, a fun. It's a fun time. These next couple months are going to be really fun for this division. Ani, hello. Ani, are you there? Yes, yes, I'm here. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Mike, um, I'm extremely emotional and like my, my heart is hurting, Mike. I'm like on the verge of tears right now that and I don't think I have anyone else to share this with for I have sinned by booking Arman Sarukian and Mateusz Gamrod again and not even adding two. I'm so sorry about that, Mike. You have to forgive oh, me. Oh, you got the doo-doo. Doo-doo. That was doo-doo. But, oh my God. But that was not my intention, you see. I don't. I have no idea why did I, uh, you know, uh, say Arman Sarukian and Mateusz Gamrod. I mean, I'd like to see that fight again. But I actually wanted to say Arman Sarukian versus Rafael Fiziev. That's what I had in my mind. But, uh, well, I made a mistake and I hope you being the bigger man, you'll just forgive me for this, you know, and, you know, I've spent sleepless nights thinking about this. I apologize, Mike. And, uh, <laughs> All good, Ani. All anyway, good. anyway, so one thing about the bantamweights that I want to share um, that, I, that I have in my mind is I think for a hardcore MMA fan, the match that everyone wants to see is Mirab Dawalishvili versus Umar Nurmagomedov. And I think that is possible it's it's in the it, it, it's highly likely like if Umar Nurmagomedov beats Corey Sanhagen would he be next for the title I think he should be and uh, and, and if Aljamain Sterling beats Sean O'Malley which I think he he should I guess I'm picking Aljamain Sterling to beat Sean O'Malley uh, but he might get starched but you never know so Mirab Davalishvili versus Umar Nurmagomedov is the match that I want to see, Mike. And um, also, you know, when it comes to the women's bantamweight division, uh, it will be really nice to see Holly Holm become the champion again. And it, it's quite possible, don't you think, with, uh, with all the contenders who are currently there? Or I also love the Aaron Blanchfield idea. But I think what will most likely happen is um, it ties into the Alexa Grasso and Valentina Shevchenko matchup. I haven't seen the golden rule. I mean, I'm following the golden rule, you see. Did you guys confirm it? No, right? Yes, we did. Oh, you did? It should be up on MMA Fighting shortly. I confirmed it, I confirmed it this morning. Ah, perfect. I woke up. Ah, perfect. That, that's nice. So, yes. Yeah, so, when Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso fight, it's... You know, it's it's not like Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes too, because I, I we clearly understood what happened in the first Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena fight with Amanda Nunes actually having a mental block, or she just wasn't expecting that sort of competition from Juliana Pena. That was the narrative, right, or the correct narrative. But with Alexa Grasso and Valentina Shevchenko, as we've seen. She capitalized on this mistake that Valentina Shevchenko made. Every time she was pushed towards the cage, she used to go for a spin kick or something, and she just capitalized on it. That's so. That's that's a fight IQ mistake. She actually out outthought her or outmaneuvered her. I actually think Alexa Grasso has a good chance of retaining, but she, if Valentina has to win, I think she can win if she wrestles a lot. And I think she was having a good amount of success with takedowns, although she wasn't doing a lot of damage as she usually does. But I think she can still win. I think if Valentina Shevchenko loses, she can be slotted right into a bantamweight title shot. Um, and I think she beats all the bantamweights. 
who are currently there. I don't see anyone uh, beating Valentina Shevchenko at bantamweight because the the talent level is just not up there. That's what I feel. So what do you think, Mike? And one last question, since it is Free For All Friday. Do you listen to metal songs? And if yes, um, what would your walkout song be? Walkout, not workout. Both, actually. Tell me both. Thank you, Mike. Man. So I like rock. I, I think 90s is... In, Honestly, my wheelhouse is like 90s, early 2000s anyways for all music. I'm an old man. What can I say? Uh, that's my wheelhouse. So specific song, not really sure. I'd probably be more of a hip-hop walkout guy, like an old-school hip-hop walkout guy than a, like an older-school like rock metal guy. But yeah, to, to, there's not like one like metal song that I'm like, oh, I, have to, I, I would love to walk up to that song. Um. I actually liked uh, Juliana Pena's walkout. She came up to Psycho by Puddle of Mud. That, that's a really good one. Dug that one. That's that 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 would be probably on my top five if I had to really think about it. Oh, so much to unpack there. Uh, so for context on the doo doo thing, uh, we do the matchmaking show. On to the next one. We do listener submissions. We have like guidelines and rules where it's like if it's a rematch, like tell say it's a rematch. If someone's already booked, but you match make with somebody who's already booked, like those are doo-doo picks, and we call you out a little bit, but it's all in good fun. Uh, and that's what happened to Ani. He said Armin Sarukian versus Matush Gamrop. It didn't say a rematch or part two or anything like that, so we gave him a little crap for that. <sighs> Bantamweight is weird. Because you said, like, you said something that I was just, I, I rolled my eyes a little bit at because you're like, oh, all these contenders. What do you, there, there are, are very few. Like, and it's not only contenders, there's just not a lot of fighters in the division. Like we've talked about many times before, the bottom third almost of like, the last three spots in the women's bantamweight rankings are not even bantamweights. Like, they don't even have bantamweight fights. They either fight had catch weights at 140 or they're fighting at 45. There is just no depth in this division at all. And it's brutal. Luckily, we have like Meyer Buena Silva. So like that's a newer face if she could beat Holly Holm. But I feel like I feel like Raquel Pennington, Juliet Payne is the fight to make for the vacant belt. I feel like that's the way to go. Unless they could somehow pull Ronda Rousey back and you do Ronda Rousey versus Juliana Pena, because that'd just be fun as hell. The build to that would be incredible. The Aaron Blanchfield thing. So people bring this up all the time. Aaron Blanchfield could go to 35 and do some damage. She could go to 35 and do some damage. However, I don't want that to happen. I think, and I've said this on this show many times, you can ar- go back in the archives. I've said it on BTL a million times, post-fight shows, whatever. When Aaron Blanchfield gets her chance, she might have to win one more fight. If we're up to me, Aaron Blanchfield shouldn't have to wait at all. Let, let this rematch happen between Valentina Shevchenko and, and Alexa Grasso. And if Grasso wins again, Aaron Blanchfield should just be fighting for the, for the flyweight title. She should just be fighting for the belt. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they'll do... Maybe they'll throw her in there. I, I, I saw, like, rumors. We haven't... I don't know if, that's, if there's any truth to this or not. Maybe Manon Fioro... Like, if you want to throw her in there with, like, Manon Fioro as, like, a legit number one contender fight, sure. I would pick Aaron Blanchfield to win that fight. I would pick Aaron Blanchfield to beat most people. And when she fights for the belt, I am very confident she's going to win. And not only that, I feel like Aaron Blanchfield is going to be the champion for a long time. Like, a real long time. I don't know if she's going to beat like I said, I don't think – I said this yesterday. I don't think anybody's going to beat Demetrius Johnson's consecutive title defense record. I think at this point, the evolution of the game, how the sport has evolved, fighters starting to train as the, like when they're young kids, all of that. I, tr- like, I don't think anybody's ever going to touch that record. But I think Aaron Blanchfield's going to give, give it a run for its money. Like, I, I honestly think she is, she is going to be a problem. And here's the, the biggest reason why is at 24 years of age, 
Her skill set is just incredible. Her athleticism is incredible. And she's nowhere near her athletic prime yet. She is nowhere near as good as she's going to be. And that is scary. Like, that is scary. 24 years of age, already putting together this resume. The wins she has, the performances she's had. She's going out there just finishing people. I don't care. Like, people are like, well, she'd be just going to on short notice. So what? How many people can you say go out there and just melt Jessica Andrade like that? I know Jan Jonan just, just finished her as well. But that was like, people were saying, go, like, people were saying when that was, I don't remember which pay per view it was, but when it was announced that Aaron Blanchfield is now fighting Jessica Andrade, everybody on Twitter, I saw it. I saw it. We talked about it on the watch party. People were like, oh, it's a nightmare matchup for Aaron Blanchfield. This is a way tougher fight. Oh, I thought she was going to beat Tyler Santos, but now she's going to lose to Jessica Andrade. And she just went in there and ran over Jessica Andrade. She went toe-to-toe with Jessica. She took Jessica's best shots. And then she took her down and killed her in the second round. Like, Aaron Blanchfield is a problem. She She's going to get her shot. And she's going to win. And she's going to be the champion for a long time. Now, I could come back and eat my words. And I certainly will come on the show and be like, boy, was I wrong. But I don't think I am with this one. It's going to happen. I feel very strongly about that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jaystad, hello. Uh, kind of. You're breaking up a little bit, but okay. go for it. Um, off, off, Well, kind of off topic, but kind of on topic. Who are your uh, top five or top four pound for pound uh, ball fighters of all time? That would be all. Bald fighters? Is that ball fighters of all time. God. Bald fighters. Jesus Christ. Paco Porta is right up there. I mean, are you kidding me? He's 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 he might be he might be one, two, three, four, and five. I don't know. I don't remember like who's bald and who's not, like who shaves their head, like who's like this ain't like me in the shaved head. It's not a gimmick. It's just this is what I have to do because I would look like an asshole if I grew my hair out. I would look horrendous. Nobody wants to see that. So I just shave it every couple days. Like I shaved it yesterday, and I'll shave it tomorrow morning before I drive out to Jacksonville. But you just—I don't look great bald. That when I had hair, I, I yeah, I did the little comb it down little flippy up in the front when I had hair. But I lost that battle. Now I have to shave my head. But Pocket Porter's on that list. I don't know. I have to Google bald fighters, I guess. Terrence, hey, hello. Man. I wasn't going to hop on, but I just um, was on Twitter two minutes ago. Um, Rose versus Minot, um has just been announced for Paris. I want to know what? Yes. Holy shit! And I want to know your um, thoughts on the matchup. I know you guys. It's two minutes ago, so maybe you guys just didn't have time to confirm it. But that's a crazy out of nowhere fight, and it's exciting. It's a tough fight for both. That's it. Wow. Okay. Um, well, geez, Louise, I got work to do. I guess. Wow. So I'm going to be multitasking here because I got some uh, I got some confirmations to try to make, I guess. But wow, that's freaking wild! Look, I love it. Let me just make sure. I, look, I'm, I'm I'm this is not news I can ignore. 
So I'm going to be doing many things at once. So I'm sending some messages out. That's freaking wild. Um, and look, when I talked to Rose the end of last year, she told me she was going to bulk up and lift weights and possibly move to 125. So I guess that's what's happening. Man, if you ever called her shot, she got it, I guess. I mean, we have to confirm this, but that's freaking wild. I will, uh, I will pass more judgments once we confirm, but that's, that's a freaking wild fight. Now I, now I wonder what they're going to do with Aaron Blanchfield. Maybe, maybe Blanchfield's in the mix at 135. I don't know. Uh, Black Belt, hello. Hi, hi, my friend. How are you? I'm um, good. Um, I have two questions for you. Sure. Uh, if Hamza Shemaev uh, fight Alex Pereira, who will win? And uh, the second one, uh, who do you think is the best uh, BBG, uh, BGG uh, wrestling or guy? Hmm. Thank you. Thanks, man. A good question. I'm so like enamored by this Fioro Rose report that I am, have just completely lost focus on everything that I'm doing right now. So I don't, <laughs> I totally remember your black belt tag back in, man. Please. I forgot. I totally forgot your first question. Golly. Stay focused. Uh, John, hope I pronounced that right. Are you there? John Lalo? Are you there? All right. I don't hear you. Uh, yes, Black Bill, give me your first question again. I'm, I'm focused now. I'll remember, I promise. Okay, thank you. Uh, if... Uh, Alex Pereira fights Hamza Shemaev. Oh, okay, I got who, who will win? I think I think the the, the, the tall. I, I think it's it, it, in my opinion that Alex Pereira we will uh, he will win because of uh, he's very tall, and but uh, we we don't know. Thank you. Hey, look, that's that's interesting. Here's a, like look, Hamzat is ginormous. He's huge. Like Alex Pereira is a freak. That dude, he he's probably he's bigger than Hamzat, no doubt about it. But that'd be an interesting fight. That'd be an interesting fight. All right. Well, we have confirmed, uh, myself and Damon Martin, uh, Man and Fiora, Rose Dami Yunus is a go for Paris. Holy shitballs. Wild. Now I just have like a million questions about this division and where Aaron Blanchfield sits. Wow, that's a crazy-ass fight. Didn't have that on the bingo card today. That's for sure. Wow. It's a big one. Paris getting a banger and getting a really fascinating fight. Holy shit. Uh, Henry, hello. Hey, man. How you doing? Good. How are yeah, you? Yeah, I'm good. Um. Yeah, I was just thinking back to yesterday's show when you were talking about Jessica Andrade. And that also had me thinking back to another show you guys did about a month ago, the draft show, um, when I think someone raised the idea of her going into BKFC, which I personally think is a super fun idea. I love sort of the idea of that stocky, super powerful builder fighters such as like a Chad Mendes or Michael Chandler, like that kind of builder fighters. So do you think she'd be super fun in uh, 
in uh, BKFC. And yeah, I think that's all I've got. Yeah. Thanks, man. Who is this? Who is this? Who for BKFC? I'm sorry. Uh, Jessica Andrade to fight in B- BKFC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she would actually do really well there. I think she would actually do really well there. Like, Mike, Mike Perry was born for this BKFC stuff. Had success in the UFC. Good for him. But Mike Perry has found himself in BKFC. Like, that is that sport and that company and everything about it was built for that man. So, yeah, Andrade should be – that'd be fun. Her and Christine Faria, holy smokes. Can you imagine that? Them two in a BKFC fight? That'd be something. That'd be something. Yeah, it's been a crazy morning, guys. Sorry. Yes, if you haven't checked it out, uh, my interview with John Anik dropped earlier this morning, probably like an hour ago, maybe a little more than that. Uh, we talked for like 35 minutes, maybe a little longer. And that's what happens when John and I get together. We try, we're both very busy. Usually our schedules don't sync up, but when we get after it, we just hit record and it's like not even an interview. We just shoot the breeze and it's almost like a giant BTL episode almost. We just talk about a million different things that like hit my brain and hits his brain and all that stuff. And uh, it's just fun. We talked about Amanda Nunes retiring, her coming over to him and giving him the kiss on the forehead and what she said to him and his thoughts on whether or not she'll ever come back. I'm with him. We're both in the same wavelength. We never put a 0% on anything, but we're both at like 1%. What we do with this division, where Charles Oliveira sits as far as like superstardom in the UFC, which I thought was really interesting to get his take on that. We talked to UFC 290, Poirier Gaethje, some Connor stuff, some Connor Chandler stuff, Yaya Rodriguez and his chances against Volkanovski. Like we talked about everything. It's awesome. God, it's on the YouTube channel. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Uh, we'll take one more call. James, hello, sir. Hey, heck of a morning to you, Mike, and happy peak week. Um, <laughs> if uh, Trevor Peak just goes out and does what he has been doing for his first eight fights, I personally would love to see a matchup between him and um, Terrence McKinney. I know McKinney is booked, I believe, like September 7th. I forget who he's fighting, but could you see uh, that being a next opponent for Trevor Peak and um, – Let's say like Volk beats a uh, uh, Rodriguez uh, on the international fight week card, and if they do run back uh, Volk and Islam, do you think they'll do another um, interim featherweight fight between uh, Deporia if he's able to win on Saturday against whoever? Or do you think Deporia will just have to sit away because there's not too many options if they go that route? Um, have a heck of a morning, Mike, and uh, thanks for breaking news for us. I think that's why we all come to this space. So. Thank you, and have a good weekend. Uh, I did not break that news. Uh, I just confirmed it uh, with help from, from Damon. Uh, Farah Hanoon uh, was first to report that, and, and kudos to her for that. That's a big, that's a big one right there. Uh, Terrence McKinney is fighting July 15th against Nazim Sadikov. Trevor Peak versus Terrence McKinney would be fun. But see, here, this is the beauty of lightweight. This is the beauty of lightweight. There's so many fun fights for a guy like Trevor Peak. And, and with Trevor, you don't need like you don't necessarily need to rush him up. Like I think he's just going to get over. I think he's got kind of Nate Landwehrish vibes to him where it doesn't matter who this dude fights, people are just gonna be like, "Yes, Trevor Peak's fighting." And I think he's 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 one of those guys. The dude's story is incredible. We'll see how he does. But yeah, I think I think he's a guy that we're going to be talking about at the end of this card on Saturday. I think he will be a guy that uh but Chepe Mariscal is 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 look, when you look at 
like overall resumes. He's had a tough run, but look at the guys he's lost to. Like a lot of people are counting him out. His losses, Mariscal making his UFC debut. His losses are, uh, I don't know who Frank Buena Fuente is, but prior to that, these are his losses. Gregor Gillespie, Bryce Mitchell, Joe Anderson Brito, Steve Garcia, Sean Soriano. All guys with UFC experience. Some of these guys are ranked in the UFC right now. Joe Anderson Brito is a pretty hot prospect. Steve Garcia is knocking dudes out like crazy. Sean Soriano's had a very interesting run. He's come back and won three straight. I think this is going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be a chaotic fight. I think it's going to be fun. I wouldn't count Mariscal out of this fight. But Trevor Peaks is one of those dudes where he's going to get in scraps and win or lose, people are going to love him anyway. So, yeah, if you want to do Trevor Peak versus Terrence Kinney, let's party. I'm down for that. Win or lose. Blumen, hello. And then we're going to go. Hello, Mike. Heck of a morning to you. Um, Same to you. A name you just said. Gregor Gillespie, any updates on him? I mean, I think last we know he was trying to squat in his position. He got removed from rankings because of inactivity, so nothing new from him? Nothing. Nothing at all. There He is – he's out just fishing, man. He's living life. I don't know what he expects is going to happen at this point. Um but if he's in a position where he can be picky about things and he's fine financially and he's good to go, then kudos to him. Be picky. Be picky. There's not enough fighters who are picky. But, yeah, I have no idea what's going on with Greg Gillespie. I know he wanted the Tony Ferguson fight. There were talks about that fight happening a couple of years ago, but just never never came to be and – since then, he's like, no, I'm just, I want to fight a guy with a name or somebody that's ranked in front of me or I ain't fighting anybody. So it's been pretty open about it. But, yeah, I have no idea what's going on with him and when he could come back. So so there you go. All right, uh, we're done, everybody. I got to go. I'm actually – today's actually my day off, but wanted to make sure we did a show. And good thing because, holy smokes, there's a lot happened since we hit record or since we went live on the show. So there will be a preview show for this Jacksonville card coming up at 3 p.m. Eastern. It'll be just a legendary cast of characters. Shaheen Al-Shadi running point. My best friend, A.K. Lee, Jose Youngs. People's pre-fight show around 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. My best friend will, will man the ones, will, will man the hosting seat. Casey will be there. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll call in. Maybe I'll call in from the media room in Jacksonville. Uh, and then I'll be there so you can follow, get all the videos and stuff on the YouTube channel. And then the post-fight show will be a lot of fun as well. I actually like this event. I like this event a lot. Um, I think it's going to be a fun watch. And it's early day MMA and just don't get better than that. I love that so much. So thank you all very much. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. And as always, have a heck of a morning, everybody. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.